More Americans are now realizing major media's propensity for lies and propaganda. But there's nothing new about how the media operates. For decades, it has maligned and smeared one of the most liberty-focused organizations in the country. And today we're going to unpack how the John Birch Society became among the most misunderstood patriotic organizations. But more importantly, we're going to dive into how the John Birch Society is an aspiring tyrant's worst nightmare. In 1958, a man named Robert Welch founded the John Birch Society, which he named after a missionary and Air Force captain from Georgia who was killed after World War II by communists while in China. Communism had not only swallowed up half the planet, but its agents had infiltrated the U.S. government. The JBS grew large and it did so quickly. It established chapters from coast to coast, made up of concerned Americans who hated communism and loved liberty. Birchers passed on educational pamphlets, and they wrote letters to politicians, and they knocked on doors, and they petitioned for various policy changes. And within a couple years, Birchers were arguably the most effective pro-America, anti-collectivist organization. And that's when the media campaign against the JBS started. Interestingly, with an article in a communist publication. We'll get into that. So the John Birch Society is and has always been a patriotic organization that works to restore and sustain individual liberty and national sovereignty. The lifeblood of the JBS are its members in America's cities and towns and, on, and in the countryside. We even have Birchers outside of our nation's borders. Our main tools of activism are education and organization. Birchers detest and work against freedom-crushing policies and ideologies that diminish the human spirit. We hate and work against collectivist-isms, communism, fascism, Nazism, socialism, whatever. And for that reason, because of what we stand for and against, the organization has been smeared and vilified almost from day one. On this podcast, we're going to set the record straight. And joining me today are Wayne Morrow, who is the JBS vice president, and Alex Newman, who is a senior editor for our affiliate magazine, The New American. For years, Alex has defended the JBS in the media, and as the man who oversees the national field staff, Wayne is pretty well acquainted with some of the lies floating about regarding the JBS. Guys, thanks for joining me. It's great to be here, and it's good to talk about the JBS, and we'll set the record straight. Is that right, Alex? Great to be with you. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Alex, what smear or what lie would you say is the most common that we hear about the JBS? You know, what, what's really interesting is that most of the people who I run into who have a negative reaction when they hear the John Birch Society don't actually know why they have that negative reaction. And that is a result of endless propaganda smears from the media that are done in a very subtle way, like the sandwich smear is one that we see oftentimes. Uh, you know, they, they don't want to outright lie, partly because they might be sued for libel. And so they'll say, uh, we don't like people like Nazis, the John Birch Society, and the Ku Klux Klan. And after seeing that over and over and over again, people develop this kind of subconscious 
view of the JVS where they don't even really know, like, why, why do I feel that way? But they feel this kind of negative reaction. So it's a very clever thing that the insiders have done where very few people can actually put their finger on why they have that reaction. Uh, and, and that's one of the things that we have to combat. And, you know, you can't sue them for libel on that because they didn't technically lie. All they did was lump you between two uh, organizations or groups that already have a bad smell. It's very clever, but it's also at the same time extremely dishonest. I had the same kind of questions when I'm out um, talking to people all over. And I said, well, what did you expect? Uh, it the first started with the people's world over in uh, California in 1961. It's a communist newspaper. Of course, <laughs> they didn't like the John Bird Society. We're exposing them. So I always tell people, what did you expect? You're talking about the uh, their article? The article they gave. It's just enter. enter from the stage right for the John Bird Society. Then, of course, shortly after that, the Time Magazine picks up on it which is CFR-controlled, and they just cut, carried on. But they lied about it. Mr. Welch has even uh, went through the article of the People's World back in our headquarters in Belmont, Mass., and he showed all the errors, and they still printed it in the time. You know, they talk about selves and with this secret organization. We didn't like it. He called democracy. Uh, uh, I think it was like the country was uh, founded on uh, principles. Uh, he basically t twisted everything around. Uh, and he tried to set the records right then, and they refused to do that. So as Alex was saying, is that over many years ago, 1961, can you imagine, as they perpetrate the story and the lies, um, people still remember it, not totally, but just the smell of it all or the feelings. But we've done a fantastic job over the course of the years being right on target, hence we get all the flack. And uh, we've been so right. And as we look at today and the year we are today, the things we warned about, here we are. So do you believe us now? That's what I always say. Do you hear from the field staff that they encounter folks who, like, came to the light regarding the JBS but had heard some of these, these smears and, and lies and misconceptions? Yeah, well, it happens. One of the things that we always show is overview of America. Uh, it's a... A fantastic 29 video on Americanism. I mean, it's almost embarrassing to watch people of all ages not even know we're a republic. And uh, I always you know, encourage people to watch that first. It's uh, available on our website, thejbs.org, as well as YouTube. And I'll tell you, it's amazing to find out people don't know we're a republic or uh, we're far right. And I say, well, on the political spectrum, that's not correct. Far right are anarchists. We were a constitutional moderate. So that's what we see. So our coordinators in the field and members alike, uh, they go through the educational process, and it's interesting to see people get corrected in their tracks. And it's good to see them. When you said the light goes on, they look at us and say, wow, you guys aren't so crazy after all. You're on target. And it's a shame that we've been sort of lied to. And uh, so it's an opportunity. Well, let's, let's go back to how it all started. Now, as we said we mentioned these two articles, and it seems that um, the commie paper one is kind of started, all kickstarted, and then you have time, and I think the nation came afterward and whatnot. And it got so point, it, it got so bad that to a point where the founder Robert Welch insisted on an uh, on an investigation. I, I believe he insisted on a federal investigation. We ended up uh, mm -hmm. the California subcommittee, uh, an investigatory subcommittee did an investigation. Alex, did you want to kind of go into what that report showed? 
Yeah, it, it's a very interesting report, and what it shows is that the smears that were being hurled out by the enemies of the John Birch Society were not only unfounded, they were in fact the opposite of the truth. So one of the, one of the things that a lot of the communists and the useful idiots who then went on to parrot communist lies were saying was that the JBS was somehow fascist or that it was racist or that it was anti-Semitic. Uh, when the California Senate Fact-Finding Committee looked at this, what they found was exactly the opposite. In fact, they, they specifically said not only is the JBS not a racist organization, it actively opposes racism. It's working against racism. Not only is the JBS not an anti-Semitic organization, it's filled with Jews. Uh, they quoted one uh, Jewish man, one Jewish member in uh, California who said, you know what, I feel more at home and more welcome in the John Birch Society as a Jew than I feel in mainstream American society. So you, you have this situation where the lies were so outrageous, where a, a committee dominated by Democrats came to that conclusion, and yet the fake media continued to peddle these lies. And that leaves only one conclusion, right? The, these were not uh, well-intentioned people who had just been misled or who were accidentally spreading falsehoods. These were people who were knowingly and deliberately lying about individuals and about the the organization itself i think we have a copy of this report do we not oh we do yeah somewhere sure. i've got JBS one i've got it in my computer and i've got a physical one okay Let, let's let's quickly dismantle some some of the smears because we still hear them um as we said we deal with the media and i mean uh, as of the time of this recording the washington post had just uh issued washington a, compost Thank you. <laughs> a, 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 an opinion piece in which the writers, one of whom is a fiction, uh, a novel writer, which I think is pretty appropriate, compared the John Birch Society, they put him in the same sentence with uh, American Nazism. So let's quickly dispel some of those, you know, the, the racist, the anti-Semitism, the, the whatnot. And then let's move on to why this is happening, which is let's move on to why this is happening after that. Well, sure, and it's actually, it's funny, the Washington Compost has been caught doing this repeatedly. Their editors have been made aware of this. In fact, they've had to backtrack. Uh, back in 2017, uh, they had a propagandist named uh, Mark Thiessen, who, who writes regular columns for them. Uh, he's associated with the American Enterprise Institute, which incidentally frequently gets uh, attacked as a racist group just because they're affiliated with Charles Murray and others, uh, I, I think rather unfairly. But uh, what Mark Thiessen did, he wrote a column, and uh, he accused the Birch Society of being anti-Semitic. Um, he actually says, uh, here's a direct quote, what he wrote is, uh, In the 1960s, William F. Buckley excommunicated the anti-Semitic John Birch Society from the respectable right. Well, there's several lies in there. And uh, we know that Mark Thiessen was deliberately being dishonest because I made him aware of these errors. He refused to correct them. Eventually, his editors did go back in, and they doubled down. They, they took out the overt lie, but they doubled down. Uh, they, they changed it to, and, and I'm quoting here, uh, instead of anti-Semitic, they, they put, uh, widely believed then to be anti-Semitic. And I, I compare this to, as an example, say uh, there's a, there's a, a murder and uh, there's a guy who tries to stop the murderer from fleeing, and the newspaper inaccurately reports that the guy who was trying to stop the murderer from fleeing was the murderer. And then the, the newspaper is made aware of that, and instead of saying, oops, sorry, we accidentally called this guy a murderer, he's not, they go back in and they say, widely believed then to be the murderer. Uh, it's incredibly dishonest. 
But uh, even two seconds worth of research would have revealed that this is a, a falsehood. Uh, one of the founders of the Birch Society, if you go back to the original meeting where Robert Welch brought together a group of prominent men to, to launch the society, was a Jew, Alfred Kohlberg. He was on the original National Council. There have been Jews on the John Birch Society's National Council every single moment of the society's existence all the way up through today, uh, where we have uh, Andy DeLynn on there, who's a wonderful Jewish man uh, in, in Pennsylvania. Uh, we have uh, incredible Jewish members of the John Birch Society. I know some of them. In fact, the last time I was in Israel, they set up meetings for me with members of the Knesset. Uh, we've got a lot of prominent Jews in the Birch Society, and any one of them would have been very happy to talk to these lying propagandists in the media, but they're not interested in the truth. In fact, we have Holocaust survivors who are and have been members of the Birch Society. Uh, and, and it's the same on all these other smears, too, when, when they say that we're fascists. In fact, the John Birch Society is exactly the opposite of a fascist organization. The John Birch Society is fighting for liberty, which is really the polar opposite of fascism. Uh, in, in, in reality, fascism is a cousin of socialism, and the people who are parroting these smears tend to be on the socialist side of the spectrum, where they're literally right next to fascists. And finally, I want to address this issue of William Buckley. Uh, yes, William Buckley was a, a total insider. He was a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. He was a member of the Secret Society Skull and Bones at Yale, same as John Kerry, same as uh, many other subversives who have been involved in the destruction of our country. And uh, he actually got a lot of his startup money from Robert Welch. But uh, I think his handler, he used to work for the CIA, incidentally, as well. We don't know all the details of that, but he was stationed down in Mexico. And, yeah, he attacked uh, Robert Welch, not necessarily the John Birch Society, but he did go after Robert Welch. Uh, but the idea that he excommunicated the JBS from anything is simply preposterous. Um, even modern liberals admit that that's preposterous. But uh, it's just more of these lies that continue to be perpetuated. And, and again, the reason why they do this is just very, very obvious. There is no other organization like the JBS that stands as a giant brick wall in the path of the totalitarians. Wayne, you want to mm -hmm. address the the allegation of racism? Yeah, well, to what, just as ludicrous, equally yeah. as ludicrous, well, obviously. What, to what, what Alex has said is that they use it as a wedge, as dividing, so they put you in a box. Uh, so they turn off their ears to what you have to say. And especially in today's environment, you know, they use racism continually for CRT. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's another tool. So they don't listen to what we have to say. Uh, and, you know, it's, and I think as history goes forward, we've been telling the truth all along. And as I said, you believe us now. We've been talking about the NWO, the World Order, the UN, and we see that happening. And people come up, you know, I've been watching the Birch Society for a long time, and boy, you guys have been telling the truth all along. I mean, one of the things that I see is that people listen to Mr. Welch's presentations on YouTube back in the early 70s and say, boy, this guy really was a prophet. He knew exactly what was going on. So I think history reveals that we're telling the truth. And, of course, as, as uh, Alex was saying, the left, uh, the globalists, uh, the names of the insiders, don't want the truth out. So what things can they put in our way? So they take uh, these pseudo-conservatives and shove them out in front of the community, constantly saying what, whatever it is that uh, turn their ears off. But I also seen over a period of time, they go to the silence treatment. So I also hear, you guys still around? Hmm. I, I can't believe you're still here. I didn't ever think you existed anymore. And that's another one of their tricks is to shut you off, pretend you don't exist any longer. Well, for me, it's a fantastic opportunity because we do exist. We have magazines, books, speakers, and all. So uh, I think 
in the last four or five years or more, uh, they, they really have stepped up our game and we're increasing in membership and influence more than ever. And it's because I think people, uh, thanks to some of the things that Trump said, have really opened the eyes of people now. So to me, our opportunity is before us and we just have to seize it. I think it's important to mention that one of the things that investigation in California found, which was before the 1964 Civil Rights Act, was that there were not only some integrated chapters mm -hmm. of, of black folks and white folks, but there were all black chapters that existed at the time as well. And a large reason why we get this flack for racism, for ra being racist, is our opposition to, uh, our historic opposition to the, to the Civil Rights Act. Why were we opposed to the Civil Rights Act? Yeah, uh, you know, starting with the, the racism allegation, I, I think that has become so transparent to people today in yeah. this era of critical race theory. Where being everything's racist. And literally everything is racist. I mean, <laughs> math is racist now. It's uh, easier to see that now, though, but people didn't always see that. Right, that's but absolutely now, true. But now it's just so ridiculous. But I'm yep. sorry, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, one of the other things, it, it was so obvious. Anybody who cared to look would have noticed that this was a lie. Uh, we had some of the leading uh, black Americans working with the JBS, working for the JBS, on speaking tours for the mm -hmm. JBS. Uh, George Schuyler is a really good example. He was one of the most prominent black American journalists of that era of the 1960s. And he was working for JBS. His articles were being published in the John Birch Society's magazines. And he was saying exactly the same things that everybody else in the John Birch Society was saying. Hey, Martin Luther King is surrounded by communists. In fact, according to the FBI documents, his speechwriter and his top advisor, Mr. Levinson, was a member of the Communist Party USA. So it turns out the John Birch Society was correct. Mm -hmm. um, you're right, we, there were uh, many black chapters and there were integrated chapters long before that was um, became kind of mainstream nationwide. And Robert Welch was actually ad advocating against segregation long before that became a mainstream position. In fact, he wrote a letter back in the late 1950s, even before he, he founded the JBS, I think it was 1957, called Letter to the South, right. where he argues that uh, segregation is wrong. It's on its way out the door, but there's these communists who are coming and trying to stir up racial mm -hmm. strife, and that is going to have the effect of setting back racial relations. Uh, we had another uh, wonderful black man who, who... Hey, that sounds like the day. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> um, and, and actually, I just wrote something about that. That'll be appearing as a cover story in The New American. I have a cover story coming out on critical race theory, and I go through some of that. Uh, another one of the black men who worked with us uh, was Manning Johnson. Mm -hmm. He was a member of the Communist Party USA. He went all the way up to their national council. He, he got pretty much as high as you could be. And then he even went to Moscow. And then he realized that the communists, uh, first of all, were incredibly racist. <laughs> Second of all, were stirring up as much racial strife as they could. And third of all, were trying to exploit black Americans for the purpose of tearing down American society. Uh, that's not to say there were never any racial problems in the United States. Certainly there were and there have been. Uh, and the John Birch Society was arguing against these things, was fighting against these things before that was cool. Uh, meanwhile, William Buckley, you know, you often hear very, very uninformed, uh, quote-unquote, movement conservatives say, oh, William Buckley didn't like the JBS because of racism. In fact, quite the opposite is true. William Buckley was arguing in his magazine that uh, white people in the South should use violence to suppress black Americans, to keep them from voting. Why this the is South William. should prevail. Yes, why the South must prevail. And that's one of many columns. He, he wrote one that mm -hmm. uh, black people were savages, that we needed to defend civilization from uh, from these inferior, I mean, just absolutely ridiculous stuff, stuff that nobody could get away with saying today. 
Uh, and that was William F. Buckley. Meanwhile, the John Birch Society was saying just the opposite. We were welcoming black people in as members, as speakers, as leaders. Uh, we had Julia Brown, former mm -hmm. uh, FBI operative. We put her on speaking tour. We brought blacks uh, from Africa to the United States to share what the communists were doing, including from South Africa to expose Nelson Mandela. So uh, the John Birch Society has an incredibly rich history when it comes to fighting against racism. Anybody who was intellectually honest could find this information in a millisecond. It's not that it's hidden. Um, and, and again, it's just more evidence that these people are incredibly dishonest when they smear the JBS. Wayne, why... Why is the John Birch Society so malign and smeared? Well, I, th I think it's, uh, we've been saying this all along. I think what happens is we're exposing the conspiracy. We're ex exposing the people behind the scenes. And they don't like that. Uh, as a matter of fact, that Mr. Welch and other writers said, one thing they can't stand is exposure. Uh, darkness hates light. And so that's what we're exposing is through light. And so, I mean, like I said, what did you want the people's world to say who are a communist newspaper? We're anti-communist. Of course we are. Uh, but we're exposing not only them, but the strategy for all these years on destroying the Western culture. I mean, critical race theory, Alex mentioned that. That comes out of the Frankfurt School. That's all Marxism. That's Marxism and Freud gives us cultural Marxism. And that's what we get today, all the unrest on purpose. It's the same tools. I mean, it's, it's the same. It's the same old game plan, but it works because they play on people's ignorance and they play on fear. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been, like I said, because of what's been going on, is that people want to hear the truth. So uh, that's what I see. I mean, it's it's an open field right now, and people want to hear really what's going on. Uh, but you got sections of the group that don't want to hear about it. They're 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 fear fearful, and they they won't do a thing. But there are people who want to hear. They know something's radically wrong. This is not the America they are growing up in. And it's uh, as we throw at the magazine articles of the past and current ones in today, they say we have a long history of telling the truth. Mm -hmm. And the truth, you know, Mr. Wells says truth is inexpensive, but telling a lie is very expensive. <laughs> and that's why they need billions to promote the propaganda, and so we can do this, it on a right? shoestring, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just think about it. Telling the truth doesn't cost a lot of money. And if you lie, you have to have a good memory. But, you know, it's, uh, just think about this. And you mentioned the California report. That's what you're talking about. Yep. It's available on our website. You can look at it. It was in 1964. You can download it. It says basically the Birch Society has a clean bill of health. There's nothing wrong with these people at yeah. all. They're not racist. I think there's even some comments in there. It's like even though we don't necessarily agree mm -hmm. with, with them, it's like they couldn't find uh, any fault. I think as unfortunate as 2020 was, one of the silver linings in it is that people came to realize that what we had been saying since the very beginning was unfortunately true. I think people looked and, and they saw what was happening and there was just no there's just no way you can deny that there was some sort of coordination, some sort of plan, you know, move toward what have we been talking about the most? This the globalists, right? right. We we've been a bunch of kooks because because we've been talking about this and now more people are realizing it's true. It also helped obviously with Donald Trump. He gave it another name. He called it the deep state. Right. We've been talking about the deep state for a long time. Right. And you guys Obviously, that has played a huge role, right? Mm -hmm. Our insistence, saying the same thing over and over, which is the same truth about the deep state, the globalists, right? Uh, absolutely. So one of the things, though, that makes the Birch Society, one of the key pillars is, Mr. Wells says, education is critical because he knows the left is educated as well. Now, look at today. 
Look at our college students, right? Look at our elementary school grades. They knew education was critically important. So now they propagandize, brainwashed our college students back in the 67 Marcusa, which is a Frankfurt school, talked about, you know, liberal sex and free uh, will and all the crazy things that they've done, uh, the hippie generation, I guess you can use it as such. And now we're in now critical race theory, which is in the elementary grades, and parents will go, whoa, time out here. But this has been going on for a long time, right? And education is important. And they know educating our children into Marxism and right. socialism is a way to unbolt and take apart Western culture. I mean, Alex, you've written, you know, Crimes of the Educator and all, and this has been going on for a while. This isn't brand new. Well, this is, this is a good time, I think, to, to, to go into that, our action projects. And we do have an education action project. It's one of our newest ones. We can start t- talking about that, right? Like, well, before we get to that, I want to throw out one thing about Donald Trump that you mentioned. Yes, Donald Trump clearly pulled back the veil on this insidious monster that threatens the future of our nation, our Constitution, and our republic. He, he really shined the light. He exposed the deep state. Some of the talks that I give today for Republican groups, if I had given these pre-Donald Trump, I would have been run out of the room. People were throwing eggs at me. Uh, so Donald Trump was very helpful from that perspective in waking people up. But I think also the John Birch Society deserves a lot of credit here. Uh, I was interviewing Roger Stone early on in the Trump administration. And Roger Stone has been alongside Donald Trump from the very beginning. In fact, he was the first one to suggest Mm -hmm. Donald Trump ought to run for president back in the early 1980s. And what Roger Stone said, and we've got this on video, we've talked about it publicly, it wasn't any secret information. He said, you know what, Uh, Donald Trump's father, Fred Trump, was a very close ally of Robert Welch. He was a big financier of the John Birch Society. He was a major supporter of these efforts. And so, of course, Donald Trump grew up in that environment. Um, As he got older, uh, Larry McDonald, the congressman from Georgia who was the chairman of the John Birch Society before he was murdered by the Soviets, they shot down his airplane, uh, he created an organization called the Western Goals Foundation. Uh, This was probably the most significant private intelligence gathering operation in the world. Uh, He brought in some of our top leaders in law enforcement and military across all Mm -hmm. fields of government, the police chiefs, I mean, the, the top people in the United States. One of the members of his board was Donald Trump's personal attorney, Roy Cohn. Now, Roy Cohn had some personal moral failings, and, uh, you know, all of us have issues like that. But uh, Roy Cohn was very, very influential in mentoring Donald Trump and getting him up to speed on how the world really works. Uh, Donald Trump has always known more than he lets on about the way the world really works, about what's going on with America. And a big part of the reason for that is the fact that the John Birch Society has been educating key opinion molders, key leaders across the United States for over 60 years. And so, yes, uh, we we owe Donald Trump big time for helping remove the scales from the eyes of the American people. But Donald Trump never would have been possible without the John Birch Society and uh, the, the over a billion pieces of educational material that we've put out over the last decades. I agree with that because uh, as I travel around, people uh, remind me of uh, we'll never be a socialist country and Merry Christmas and all that goes, which is interesting. But uh, we see all kinds of new organizations popping up mimicking the Birch Society. Hey, the Bill and Tom's Freedom Fighters, and we're going to have a chapter down the road, which is interesting because they know it works. And so, you know, I consider that a compliment to copy us. 
But oh, imitation is the highest form of flattery. Absolutely. But I, and, and if you look at Donald Trump's rhetoric, a lot of it just came straight out of the JVS yeah. playbook. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo. Right. I mean, Robert Welch could have said that. And actually, as he got into office, what, what was so striking to me was he was like knocking thing after thing. It was like he was reading the JVS bulletin. TPP, gone. Yeah. Defend the police, gone. Let's demonize the United Nations. Let's get us out of all these different UN institutions. I mean, he was just like hitting home run after home run. And that's why they demonized him so much. The, the parallels between what happened to Donald Trump mm -hmm. and what happened to the John Birch Society in the 60s are almost perfect. The big difference was when it happened to the John Birch Society in the 1960s, the internet didn't exist. People were still getting their news from this tiny handful. When I was in journalism school, they taught, we're the gatekeepers. Well, now the internet has come around, and so they could throw all the nasty words out they wanted about Donald Trump. He's a fascist, he's a kook, he's a racist, he's an anti-Semite, he's a hater, he's an extremist, he's a bigot, he's a xenophobe. And people could go to the internet and say, that's not what he really said. He's not really those things. What are you talking about? The, the internet just opened it up. Now we have what they call alternative media, which I think sooner or later it's going to flip. The more the media is, uh, is recognized for what it is, which is essentially a propaganda machine, mm -hmm. we're going to become the – I'd like to think that we'll become the major media. I believe that's already happened. I believe the 2016 election was proof positive that the fake media, the, the tentacles of the insiders, have lost their control over the narrative. 92-plus um, percent, according to the Media Research Center, of the network coverage of Trump was negative. Uh, out of the top 100 newspapers in America, only two endorsed Donald Trump, and yet Donald Trump won in the Electoral College with a landslide. I believe that there was vote fraud in the 2016 election. I believe the true numbers were even higher than they actually were. Yep. And, um, and and that shows me, you know, when you have the entire media apparatus demonizing one guy mm -hmm. and the American people still elect him, that shows me. And, you know, we saw that in the numbers. I, I did some writing in The New American uh, after the election, and they realized, like Alex Jones, you know, love him or hate him, doesn't matter. I, I think he's done a lot to wake up a lot of people. And, you know, Donald Trump saw the value in it. That's why he went on Alex Jones's show. But if you looked at Alex Jones's numbers on YouTube— he, his videos were getting tens of millions of views, it, more than all of the fake media combined, right? CBS, NBC, ABC, CNN, mm -hmm. all of them combined weren't getting Alex Jones' numbers on YouTube. So they started with the shadow banning. That didn't work because people were still hungry for the truth. Then they just said, okay, we're just going to delete they ban you them entirely. Outright. Exactly. Yeah. When you can't compete in a rigged marketplace of ideas, just ban your competitors. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of that going now. Mm -hmm. Of course. Needless to say, the, the JBS and the New American have been shadow banned and we've been restricted all sorts of, uh, of ways. Mm -hmm. When you had touched on people uh, imitating the John Birch mm -hmm. Society, I know that this is a, a main frustration <laughs> of yours. Um, we could go into that and, I, we, and, well, I and why, would, me, they, why well, would they do that? Yeah, well, I, I think they know something's wrong. And uh, I think people's egos get a way of common sense. And sometimes they don't even know we exist. I see that as well. And then when you show them that we exist in our tools, they go, oh, so now they have a choice. Do I swallow hard and say, you know, hey, folks, I just spent $10,000 of my money developing a website, and I'm going to switch over to you? Or <laughs> do I take your stuff and pirate it, call it my own? That happens too. Uh, or let's be honest about this. I tell folks this. I Look, we don't have time to reinvent the wheel. We don't have time. Uh, you know, the Birch Society has been around for 60-plus years. We have studios, magazines, book publishing. We have uh, uh, authors of, of books and reprints. And 
We have speakers out there. There's no way you can replicate that in six months or less or a year. It's impossible. It took us 62 years to get yeah, here. Yeah, come on. So what happens, I think people realize that, and uh, they, they come over to our side and say, you know, and some really do, but some want to carry on. I like the energy and I like the zeal, but unfortunately, it dilutes the effort. Yeah. Because as Mr. Welch founded the organization in the 50s, he said there are a thousand plus more uh, liberty fighting organizations, but they're like a shotgun. We need to be a rifle, which goes to our agenda, which is put out in the bulletin every month. We identify the enemy, the problems, the issues that we go after, very specifically bills available that we should support or, or oppose, as well as information to educate. And they can't do that. They pick one topic or one topic. So I, was, I think I look at it this way pictorially. I look at the problem we have is like a tree. So we identify the root cause, you know, the satanic forces below, feeding the conspiracy, the trunk, and then you have the branches. You have Agenda 21, 2A, EPA, CRT. These are all manifestations of the evil down below. So we go right to the source, the root, not spend all the time up in the branches sawing off a branch because the tree still lives. And I, I do that as an example. People, I get what you're telling me. So think about it. We identify the real problem. And what we really have to do to identify it, you have to work to the root cause. And where does it come from? That's education. And that's where we're at. What are the downsides to all these groups forming? Like you said, the, the zeal is great. People are awakened. But one of the downsides, I think it starts to take away or at least it prevents otherwise people who would get involved uh, to be part of something that has actually been effective. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can sit in a room and there's lots to complain about mm -hmm. and things like that. And, and I think it's safe to say that some groups, that's that's what they're doing. They're getting together and, and you know, they're talking about these frustrations, which are very warranted. But what we do is we educate and we organize. Without the organization, there's very little that's going to happen. And, the, and we had uh, mentioned action projects earlier. For instance, we have two very, one of, two of our very earliest action projects are get us out of the UN and support your local police. And to this day, we can see that we were ahead on that too, mm -hmm. especially with support your local police. Not yeah. that get us out of the UN, but let's, let's talk about, for instance, our action projects and, and support your local police was popular then because, you know, uh, they were trying to nationalize police. And now, 62 years later, we're probably incurring the, the hardest effort to do that yeah, again. Yeah, I, I like a comment. One of, one of the things that, that I, I park on is that through the education basics, other than overview of America, who we really are, is we talk about the Constitution. Most people don't understand the Constitution. I use the analogy that somebody else uses, like we're, white, we're actually referees of a soccer game. we got Democrats on one side and Republicans playing soccer, but we're the referees. We don't know the rule book. <laughs> we don't know the rules. So if you don't know the Constitution, then how can you elect constitutional minor representatives? So the problem we have is not the representative, it's our neighborhood. So to the point is we teach them the Constitution, Americans are constitutional principles, what they are, why they even exist, because the Constitution is written for government. And then we get into the laundry list of things, current legislation, as you mentioned, supporting local police, which as you know, right, Alex, that's on the Communist Manifesto, right on their tick list, National Police Force, and we identify that as a real problem. So maybe you want to talk about that issue because that's been around since the 60s as well as get us out of the UN, because we knew that was their foothold to destroy Western culture. Yeah, I think that's one of the real strengths of the John Birch Society. That's why the JBS has been the tip of the spear in the freedom fight for all these decades, even if it hasn't always had the spotlight and the recognition and the kudos that it deserves. 
the the JBS has had a knack since the days of Robert Welch at picking the key issues, the existential threats to our country. Because uh, there are a gazillion battles that we could fight, and and we should be fighting. But as Wayne was talking about, if you, if you look at the problem like a tree, you know what is what good does it do to hack at all the branches? You're, you're not going to get anywhere because if you hack off the branch, then a new one will just grow back, and you still got this rotten tree poisoning everything there. So the JBS has has had a knack for concentrating our efforts on the key battles, the ones that really matter, the ones where if we lose them, it's all over. And, and it, the JBS has been incredibly successful at this. That's why the insiders hate us so much. Uh, Robert Pastor from the Council on Foreign Relations, he passed away now, but he was leading uh, the Council on Foreign Relations Globalist uh, North American Union Project, the North American Community, they called it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in his book, uh, before he passed away, he blamed the John Birch Society and the Eagle Forum for derailing any uh, big efforts to integrate the United States with Canada and Mexico during uh, the Obama administration and during the Bush administration. So they recognize, and, and when they're not guarding themselves, they'll admit that the JBS has been a huge obstacle. The police is obviously uh, one of those battles restoring morality, right? We've got to stop the slaughter of babies. We've got to stop the the descent into the moral toilet that our our nation is going into. Um, We've got to restrain globalism. And and these are very similar to what Trump identified, right? A communist China, the, the open borders. These are all issues where if we lose on these fronts, uh, all the other issues that we're fighting, we're going to lose on those too. So the JBS really has had a, a knack at doing that, and I think that's self-evidently why the insiders focus so much on destroying the John Birch Society and why they so heavily promote people like William Buckley. Why would William Buckley be constantly uh, swooned over by the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost? He's a respectable conservative. Right. <laughs> when the Washington Post says that about you, when the New York Times says that about you, you should say, hmm, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> right? uh, we know they're dishonest. We know they're liars. We know they're left-wing extremists who want to take down our country. If you're getting praise from these people, something is very wrong. And, and that's the case with William Buckley. And that's the case with so many of these other fraudulent conservative groups that mislead and betray and sell out well-meaning patriotic conservatives that just want to help save their country. Well, the media is somewhat starting to come around to at least acknowledge the impact of the John Birch Society. For lots of years, the media has uh, either ignored, like you said, or they just straight up smeared, or there was this narrative also that how we were banished by William Buckley, of course. Uh, More recently... It seems like the tune is somewhat changing. Uh, Particularly, there was two articles, uh, one in the Salon and one in the New Republic. And I believe one of the headlines was the Birch Society never left. And then there was one that started out with the myth about how Buckley banished uh, the Birch Society. I like to point that out because it's like we said, we never had any doubt that we were being effective. But they wanted to push that narrative. But now it's coming around where I, I don't think you can hide it. I believe when Donald Trump was elected, there was, I don't know who wrote it, whether it be Atlantic or someone else. Trump Trumpism was, is actually Bircherism. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a long exchange with the <laughs> dishonest hack who wrote that. Uh, he was right about that. Was it uh, the Atlantic? No, it was in uh, the Mother Jones or the New Republic. One of, um, okay. Yeah, and a very dishonest fellow. Uh, he knew he was lying. Uh, I, I know because I corresponded with him for a very long time. But, uh, yeah, he said that in the New Republic, his name is Jeet Heer. He's this giant guy up in Canada. And uh, he, he says that uh, Bircherism is actually Trumpism, or Trumpism is actually Bircherism. And uh, the John Birch Society never actually went away. They've been secretly controlling the conservative movement all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a guy, uh, Andrew Rhinebeck from the Huffington Post, says the John Birch Society is the intellectual seed bank of the right. 
so there there are more and more liberals who are now honestly looking at this and saying, wait, we, we got to stop pretending like William Buckley was able to excommunicate the JVS. The JVS has been there all along. There's been birchers in Congress. They've been bir- there's been birchers who are governors. There's been birchers. Uh, State legislators. Yeah, all up and down the party machinery. So, yeah. and, and that continues to this day. Uh, not all of them are necessarily out there trumpeting that just because they know what the media would be likely to do with that. But um, the JBS is here. It's it's not going away. And, um, and and I think more and more people are finally recognizing the fact that um, the JBS has been right. I, I go back and I read some of the stuff that the New American published in the late 80s. Like, man, William Jasper, he must have had a crystal ball or something. How, how could he know this was all going to happen? What were we right about? Everything. (laughs) Uh, uh, South Africa is one that just jumped out at me. It it was like William Jasper predicted the future. He explained exactly what was going to come to South Africa if they handed power over to the communists. And that's exactly what happened in South Africa. Uh, the John Birch Society was warning about the homosexual movement. Larry McDonald, Congressman Larry McDonald, introduced a bill in Congress uh, back in the uh, 70s and in the 80s about uh, homosexuality. He said, look, they're, they're pushing for all these special things. They're going to go for homosexual marriage. Uh, at that time, sodomy was still a crime. People were like, that's crazy. That's never going to happen. What do you mean? And here we are. Right. So the JBS has been sounding the alarm about things decades before other people have noticed. Now it's just accepted common wisdom. Welch uh, predicted Castro. Um, yeah, I think there was still a lot of. He hes- said Castro was a communist, while he the was. fake media, the New York Times, said he yeah. was an anti-communist freedom fighter. Yeah, he was the George Washington, Washington. of Latin America. <laughs> I mean, what a bunch of idiots! Did they really say that? He <laughs> did. Yeah, yeah the Sierra Meisters. He was like the he was like their, their savior for freedom, and yeah. he said no, he's a communist. Herbert Matthews. Yeah, yeah. and he actually said it, it kind of, Castro finally admits he is a communist. Yeah. Like, like there we are. Yeah, but but I had to pretend they had a lie, otherwise we would never. Never would have happened. Would ever have supported it. Y two K. Yeah, we yeah. we said yeah. that wasn't going to be yeah. what they said it was going to be. Yeah, and and I mean the constantly expanding power of the federal government, the constantly expanding power yeah. of the United Nations the on, on yeah, the deficit on every single front. The JBS has been right. In fact, I don't know of a single example where the JBS has been wrong on anything significant. And the handful of times that we've made little mistakes in the New American, we just correct them at the next one, like like we should. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know of any organization that has a track record like that. I think in 2020, people realized that the what we were predicting the most, which was the rise of, of globalism, one world government, was happening. It was happening before their eyes. Mm-hmm. And so people are convinced. They're listening. What do, what do they do? Wayne, this is... This is your bag here. Uh, what what do we want people to do? How, how do they get involved? Is there any hope? Is there any hope in saving the Republican? If so, what do they do? Yeah. Well, I, I believe there's uh, truth wins over lies every time. You know, I mean, that's why I look at it. You can't go wrong by staying up giving the truth. And people are ready for that. As I mentioned, they're fearful, but they want they know something's radically wrong. So we provide uh, answers and truth, and our history speaks to it. We have a paid field staff, uh, which um, not very many organizations in the United States, and at least in our side, has that. And uh, we have a host of literature, and as you know, and speakers. So we have a resource. Our, our, mag- our, our website, the JBS.org. JBS.org. Yeah, JBS.org has, um, has a thing called Act Now. We have current legislation by state or by federal government that people can write on to their congressman. We have a whole history of videos on the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, Anarchy USA. We got Alex here on the Deep State. And then we have Freedom Project Academy, which is our online college. I'm sorry. I wish it was a college. It will be maybe. K through uh, but, 12. But it's K through 12. You know, it's really interesting to know that that exists. It's a you know, part of our integral part of our educational right, 
and also the New American Magazine, which comes out every two weeks, which uh, is topical articles. And people, I find out, get introduced to the Birch Society through our magazine, the New American Magazine, because it's topical, it's current. And then we find out, now what do we do about it? So that's when the JBS comes aboard. Here's a specific action project that uh, we've been talking about for a while now. But the magazine is the door opener because it translates that what's happening today. And there's a lot of great articles. I think uh, Alex mentioned about critical race theory. We have our voting record, the Freedom Index, which talks about congressmen and senators' voting records. And most people have not even known how they vote. So that's another eye-opener for them. So all the tools that we send out to the communities and the people we speak to, they're hungry for truth. But they don't know we exist. And it's not because we don't have the tools. Is that there's not enough of us yet. But the momentum is growing because people are ready. And we're using lots of forms of media like this podcast, like webinars. And so it's happening. And I think... Are you seeing that? I've growth? seen that all the time, yeah. Lots of growth. And I th- what happens is, to your point, Alex, is the reason why I think we're getting a lot of momentum is now we're getting attacked again in the mass media. That means we're over target again, right? Yeah. So that's a good sign. When that happens, that means we're hitting home. We have lots of resources. One of the things I'd like to point out is if you're listening and maybe you're not a member and you're interested in becoming a member, you're just not sure, one of the things you can do is you could go to jbs.org. I believe it's under Act Now, and there's a tab to actually speak to a coordinator. We have regional coordinators, and perhaps you have questions or not about joining, you can do that. Uh, JBS.org also has, like Wayne said, several videos on, on all the important topics. You could go to our action projects. And we have, of course, the newamerican.com. That's kind of the gateway. I so said lots of great information. We've been projecting the lines mm-hmm. since 1985. Uh, the predecessor before was the American opinion. Any last words, gentlemen? Well, I, like I said, I'm optimistic about the future. I think uh, we couldn't be in a better time. I think people are open to information. I, we started off with, you know, the rough start the Birch Society had with the left, but that's always good because I use that as we're over target, so what did you expect? But time has proven us correct. That's really it. Call them correct. I think there's a video of Mr. Welch. Call them correct. And I think time has proven us to be on target and on correct. And now we have the resources to back up our conversations as I mentioned, people want to know what's going on. So the zeal for new organizations means people are ready to take action. So we got to get to them and tell them, hey, we've got a plan. We have the resources to really win this. Mr. Welch told me there's no alternative to victory. So I'm in it to win it, not to lose it. There you go. I, I agree with Wayne. It's uh, and, and it's it's really not an optional thing. We we don't have the option not to win. <laughs> What's the option? We're gonna all be slaves. Forget about it. We we're, we've got to be in this to win. We're gonna win. Uh, we're not gonna let the totalitarians take over. We absolutely cannot. Uh, for those of us who have children, the thought is unthinkable. And so um, we've got some really valuable things on our side that they don't. Uh, we've got truth, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So all, all the billions of the dollars in the world that they can print and, and extort are, are not going to be effective in selling a lie. You, you can sell a lie to some people, but as they realize that they've been deceived and manipulated, uh, they're going to be mad and they're going to search for the truth and they'll find it and they'll find that the JBS has been correct. And we're seeing that now. Uh, it, the, as the situation deteriorates, as the tyranny comes out of the closet more and more, uh, more and more Americans are going to be waking up. Uh, I, I hope people will get involved. I hope people will, will join. I hope people will uh, make sure their children are not being brainwashed and turned against their families, their countries, their church. But uh, as, 
as the motto of the JBS says, uh, you know, we, we need to rely on God's help. And with God's help, uh, we are going to expose these deep staters, and we're going to preserve our liberties, and that's, the, that's all there is to it. There you go. Well, I like to emphasize that um, there is no more sitting on the bench. We are here because so many good conservatives, people, you know, who, who love liberty and sovereignty, um, sat on the bench. We can't do that anymore. We can win, but we all have to get up and we have to get activated. Ever hear someone say the system's broken? It's not. We have a reckless, corrupt government because elected officials are not following the Constitution. Here at the John Birch Society, we believe the only way to liberty, prosperity, and national sovereignty is to not only understand what's in our founding documents, but demand that every elected official adheres to them. The Constitution is America's only solution. Join JBS and change America. Find us at jbs.org.